Hello, it is Wednesday, December 9th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. And now, the topics for today. I wonder why Bellator has signed Anthony Johnson, because that does not sit well with me because of his history of domestic violence. Um, some MMA media is selling the the number of cuts and who is going to be cut by the UFC as a positive. I'm going to hold my opinion on that until we see exactly who is going in this roster purge. John Kavanaugh makes a, a fool of himself on social media. And hopefully Davidson Figueredo does not play the game that Henry Cejudo wants him to play. He started to, but hopefully... He stops before this gets too carried away and the UFC thinks about bringing Henry Cejudo back because he's retired. Let him stay retired. And now, on with the show. All right, let's start off talking about Anthony Johnson and his signing with Bellator today. It was kind of a surprise. Uh, everybody kind of thought that Johnson was going to sign with the UFC because he was still you know, under contract with the UFC and he had, I, I'm assuming, still had fights on his UFC contract. So if you retire and unretire, if you do whatever you're, while you're still under contract with the UFC, that contract picks up if and when you decide to come back. So say Habib wants to unretire at some point, he's under contract with the UFC. Same with, you know, George St. Pierre. They cannot go anywhere as a free agent unless they have fought out their deal, which has not happened. So, but anyway, so uh, Anthony Johnson worked out a deal, I guess, where he got released from the UFC and now signed with Bellator. And so the question then becomes, okay, you signed with Bellator, but why did Bellator sign you with the history of domestic violence? And this was going to be the question the UFC had to answer. I don't think that had anything to do with the UFC not signing him because they had been working with him in the past. So they would have just blown it off that he never did time. He was never found guilty, even though he had, he, you know, pleaded, pleaded out uh, some things and was on probation for others. Um, and so I've asked to get a comment for Bellator on, from Bellator on the uh, Johnson's past and waiting to see if they do reply. And if so, what that will be, if I do get a reply, I will, um, of course, let everyone know. But here's the history, and if you go to this, the, my Substack, I wrote about this in September of last year, and it's the case against Anthony Johnson's UFC return, which we can now just turn make it Bellator return. Um, so it's come on out dot Substack, and then you can just look up Anthony Johnson, and you'll find the post, and it details every um, reported case of domestic violence or violence that that hit the court records in, in Florida for Mr. Johnson. And it started in 2009 where he got three years probation for domestic violence. And 2014, uh, serious allegations against him were dismissed. Those in allegations included that he struck a woman in 2012 and knocked out two of her teeth. And that, that was on uh, video. She said it was on video because it took place at her work. In 2014... Um, another woman reported that Johnson would not leave her workplace, which was Parks Taekwondo, and that was reported, but no charges were pressed. 
2015, he was at the gym. He got mad at a woman at the gym and threw her yoga mat, which got reported. No charges were pressed, I don't think. Um, and then in 2016, he had, I'm sorry, this was in, I think this was in 2019. He struck a plea deal um, on a domestic battery, battery, domestic battery charge. And part of the plea deal was that he go through a um, court-ordered anger management class, 12 hours of anger management. And so he did that, completed the course, and um, that was in September 20 of, I'm sorry, September, yeah, September of this, of last year. I think it was September of 2019 that he completed that class. So this isn't a one-time incident. This is a pattern and it's a pattern that repeats quite often there between you know in the last 10 years with Mr. Johnson so I don't know why Bellator would sign him other than he's a good fighter but his history says don't trust Anthony Johnson so I like I said I asked Bellator why the signing and we'll see if and when I get an answer and the thing that I think will make this easy for Bellator outside of me and a couple other um, folks who cover MMA is the fact that it's not going to get mentioned a lot. Uh, you can see in all the reports and online and on social media, there's more excitement for Anthony Johnson's signing by Bellator than anything, even from the, from Bellator itself. It's kind of going to get glossed over just because he's, you know, who he is. He's a, uh, He's not a great fighter. Uh, if you if you engage him in a slugfest, he's he'll he'll do more than well. He's a heavy hitter, but he's also shown that he's not someone who can take a lot of pressure. Watch the Daniel Cormier fights on that. He just kind of uh, not to be rude about it, but he just quits, and that's been a knock against him. And even in that one of the one of his fights, I forget which one, you can hear his corner imploring him not to quit. So it's not like it's an unknown situation where Johnson quits when times get tough. If your own corner is telling you not to quit, you got a bad reputation as a quitter. So again, I think the signing of Anthony Johnson to any any MMA uh, promotion is is gross. I don't think someone with a long history of domestic violence should be in a violent sport or in a violent occupation. And I've said this in the past, and I this is probably a hill I would I would choose to die on. There's, you know, thousands of other jobs a person can do to reward a person with a violent history and a violent history towards women with a job that is violence does not sit well with me. And I'm would not have been surprised had the UFC signed him and kept him on. I am surprised that Bellator has signed him, but. Hopefully there'll be an explanation. I don't think the explanation will be sufficient, at least not for me, because like I said, I don't think he should be in MMA at all, but we'll see We'll see how that goes and we'll see what direction uh, Bellator is going to go in here. Another thing I've seen with the report of the upcoming release of, uh, according to Dana White, 60 fighters from the UFC roster there's been some media that are spinning this as a positive or as just another case of the UFC purging its roster. Now, 
the positive thing is a huge stretch because I don't see any positive about this. Um, it's the it's a bad time, and we still don't know who is going to fall in this roster purge. We saw Yoel Romero is gone, Anderson Silva is gone, and then some of the other fighters who have been released have been kind of fighters who w- would have been released anyway on losing skids, not big names. They had their chance. They didn't make it. But then on at UFC 256, we have some interesting fights to look at, mainly Tony Ferguson and Ronaldo Jacare Souza. Souza, if he loses to Kevin Holland, will be on a one and four run, and he's an older fighter. And that's kind of the same situation that, well, that is the same situation Yoel Romero was in. But the situation for Romero was that he, I think three of those losses were title fights. Souza is in that group like Jack Hermanson, who, who might, who would, is probably going to be at least considered to be cut in that they're on a, a rocky, a rocky road and they don't really have a pat, uh, play to a title fight. Hermanson has a better chance at getting back in the mix than Souza because he's was in the mix forever. And now he's on a losing skid and could be going one and four in his past five. So he's probably going to be looked at as someone who is nearing the end of his career and is getting paid a great deal. And so I wouldn't be shocked if Souza goes, like I said earlier this week, Hermanson is questionable because he probably makes a good amount of money and he was in a position to get close to a title fight twice now and he lost both those fights. So he's going to have a tough road back to a potential title fight as well. And with that, that's the thing I'm kind of looking at as to who's going to get released here. It's going to be, in my mind, I think we're going to see a lot of fighters who are in a position where they're veteran fighters, they make a good amount of money, and they don't have a path to a title. I think that's what we saw with uh, Romero, Silva, and upcoming fights uh, like Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. That could be one where someone could get released. Um, Jacare Souza and Tony Ferguson is an interesting, interesting fight as well. He's fighting Charles Oliveira on Saturday. Do I think he could get released with a loss. I think it would be something the UFC would consider because he would definitely fall into the into the fighter who is getting older has a would ha- has a really long if he loses on Saturday this is, has a really long path to go to get back to a title fight or be in, in consideration for a title fight. He's been a quote unquote problem for the UFC because he's been outspoken about some things that the UFC doesn't want to be to hear or its fans to hear, such as money. And so it would not surprise me if Ferguson would be cut with a loss on Saturday to Charles Oliveira. Would I, would I like it? Do I think it would be a good cut? No, I don't. And, and I didn't think Romero was a good cut either. Um, I would be, I would be not a fan of that release, but I would understand the UFC doing it. But I don't support the UFC doing it, I, and and that that is the thing. I understand a lot of these cuts. I don't think they're right, but I understand them. And so, it bothers me that the the that the media, some of the media, is is you know selling this as a positive for the UFC. I don't think that's the, well. That is not the media's job. 
The other thing that bothers me about this is that the, like I said earlier here, that the media is just kind of painting this as a, as a typical, you know, once a year purge. And we don't know if it's going to be that yet. We don't. If it's just fighters that are on losing skids, say like Rachel Ostevich, she had lost three in a row. She should have been cut. Matt Wyman, older fighter, lost brutally, was a couple in a row now, should be cut. Those, those don't surprise me. But uh, like a, a Yoel Romero surprised me. A Jack Hermanson would surprise me. Tony Ferguson would surprise me. If, if the UFC is going towards the route of purging high-priced talent who can still draw, still draw numbers and still put butts in the seats but doesn't have a path to a title, if those are the folks that are going to get cut or at least some of them are going to get cut, that's that's when you cannot spin this as a positive. If you're going to replace a fighter like Yoel Romero or Anderson Silva with a Dana White contender series fighter, that does not seem right to me. It, it seems like a roster purge just to save money, knowing that fans now, and like I said yesterday, this is a test that the UFC did unwillingly, but they found out that they can still have the same or better ratings during a pandemic just by putting on any old card with any old fighters on it. We saw some very weak cards um, with not a lot of name recognition on them in the past six months. And we haven't seen the numbers tumble for the ESPN ratings. And we haven't seen the numbers tumble for the ESPN plus subscriptions. So with that, the UFC knows it can put on any card and things will stay pretty steady for the ESPN and ESPN plus uh, ratings and numbers. And with that, my gut tells me that the purge is going to be um, of fighters that are on the downside and also of fighters that quote unquote cost too much for the UFC. So I would hold any kind of praise for the UFC until we find out exactly who is being released here and, and you know, why and who's coming in to replace them and what their pay structure is. So I'm going to pause on that, but we'll see how that goes. Something interesting happened here today. Um, Clarissa Shields is coming into the PFL, established boxer, and if she gets some good training and gets brought up the right way, she should make some noise for the PFL. And she should definitely make some money for the PFL, even if she's just um, going out there and fighting hand-picked opponents to make her look good. Um, but she said, um, MMA fans need to bow down and kiss my feet and throw rose petals because I'm actually making the transition to, to boxing and that's getting reported. And it's, you know, it's just someone building up their name. It's not anything we haven't seen before. It's not hateful or hurtful, but I think a lot of it has to do people getting uh, all up in their emotions about this. I think a lot of it has to do with one, she's a boxer coming to MMA with no MMA experience. And two, she's a, a black woman. And those two things are going to upset people. And if you think I'm wrong, you're, 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 you're working with blinders on here. So I think that's one reason that people are getting upset. But what I found funny was most of the people getting upset was just dumb. But John Kavanaugh, uh, of course, Conor McGregor's coach, took offense to this and he he tweeted, I'll take 
quote, how to make sure fans dislike me for $500. And let's not forget John Kavanaugh, Conor McGregor's coach. Conor McGregor is not a role model. Conor McGregor is not some squeaky clean um, you know, Puritan. He is n nobody's idea of a role model. Well, maybe a criminal, but he's been arrested how many times and charged uh, and accused of things. He threw the, the, the uh, dolly through the window of the bus at the UFC, punched an old man in the head at a bar because the guy didn't want to taste his sugary sweet booze. Uh, he knocked the, the phone out of uh, some dude's hand, broke it, stepped on it, I think. He um, has been accused of sexual assault. And John Kavanaugh is now up in his feelings because S.H.I.E.L.D. said something. It's ridiculous. Um, it, it's sad and funny and totally lacking self-awareness on, on Kavanaugh's part. If you're coaching somebody like Conor McGregor, don't speak up and judge the character of another fighter just because they said some things. That's ridiculous. But here we are, and John Kavanaugh, not the first time, I don't think, but he's going to get the, uh, the come on now for the day. So come on now, John Kavanaugh. Be, be a little more self-aware. You, you know, you represent Conor McGregor, and he's done a little more than said some stupid shit during his career. Right? You can at least accept that, right? So anyway... That is a come on now for John Kavanaugh. The last thing I want to talk about is Davidson Figueredo. He's, I don't like this and I hope it doesn't result in anything coming to, to fruition. But um, of course, Henry Cejudo has been running his mouth about the flyweight title. Figueredo puts uh, the title on the line on Saturday against Brendan Moreno. And Cejudo has been running his mouth the retired Henry Cejudo has been running his mouth about coming out of retirement and blah, blah, blah. Said that Figueredo was babysitting the title for him and then Figueredo responded uh, via um, an interpreter. Cejudo's a masked clown. I can't wait for him to step in front of me so I can knock the mask off his face. So I hope this doesn't become a to-do between Figueredo and Cejudo because Cejudo's, to me, is just doing this for attention. Don't give it to him. Don't give Cejudo the attention he wants. He's he's retired. So, I mean, would... I look at it this way. Would Figueredo be upset about just some random clown, some quote-unquote citizen running his mouth about the belt? No. So why be mad at... Why get mad at a guy who is retired? Don't give him the air. Don't give him the airtime. Don't give him the attention. That's all Cejudo wants. He just wants the attention, and he wants folks to look at him. And if you ignore him, eventually, hopefully, he'll go away. So my money would say, you know, you can make fun of him, poke fun at him, but don't try and get him into the cage uh, because that's what he wants. He wants to build up this thing and then go to the UFC and request a ton of money so he can fight again. And if he wanted to fight, he shouldn't have retired. So that's, that's how I feel about that. Um, and I think... That's all I have for today, and I will be back tomorrow. So until then, everyone stay safe.